0: So my name is Tom Dupree, uh, the third or three, or you can just leave it off uh, if you want to. Uh, I am an artist, a musician. Um, I've been a musician for a very long time. I've been playing in bars since I was 15, uh, drummer originally. And uh, a few years ago, I decided to start taking YouTube seriously and have just kind of dove into that for like several years. And um, I like I was in bands where I had equity in bands and then I was a side man. I had no equity in bands and kind of on the back end of that, I realized I wanted to start building some stuff that I had equity in. And at the same time, um, I knew like a lot of things that you and I talked about to be true, uh, but I wasn't practicing them as an artist. Mm-hmm. I was just the drummer in the band. And so I was always terrified to sing in front of anybody or like show anybody songs I had written. And I was like, man, I'm just gonna hit publish. I'm just gonna take a chance, and so I started recording my own music. First few songs, no vocals, just to kind of like get into the shallow end. Yeah. And uh, as I did that, I started making a bunch of videos on YouTube about the process and just sharing what was going on and learned that it's a lot scarier taking artistic like risks than you you have to do it to understand that like it can be a little terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so I started doing that and documenting it here on YouTube and then um my couple videos started doing well you and i connected i started watching more of your videos i'd already seen a couple and uh started doing the facebook ad thing and (laughs) that started really working and so yeah now i guess i've become a bit of a facebook ad guy on uh youtube (laughs) yeah yeah and so
1: so if 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 anyone doesn't remember uh tom was on the channel a little over a year ago year and a half something like that like early early um early pandemic (laughs) last year and um i think at that time you had like you just crossed a thousand subscribers and now you're about to cross ten thousand which is insanely fast like it's it's bananas (laughs) yeah yeah like that normally does not happen like you know i usually tell people if you're starting a youtube channel you might you'd be lucky if you get to a thousand your first year like that would be a fantastic first year to go from one thousand to like five thousand after that mark would be like really good too but you've literally doubled that really good mark so um i guess uh talk about that journey a little bit (laughs) yeah
0: sure (laughs) um so i i started a youtube channel in 2009 i posted one video of me playing a drum solo the only reason i did it was because i wanted to get a job as a drummer after college um i i knew that's what i wanted to do ever since i was in high school um, but I went to college and so I wanted to do it. Once I got out of college, I played all through school, but this was going to be my full-time job. So I got done with college. I paid a video guy to come and set up his cameras. This like, this is so long ago. I didn't, you know, there weren't cameras on phones. There were like, I had to pay a guy to come do it. Yeah. And now I have like a camera that's nicer than what I use for that video. <laughs> right. Um, and so, um, I paid this guy to come film it. i booked a studio. i filmed this whole, like, cringy dvd (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it worked i got i got in a couple of bands um and that single youtube video was responsible for pretty much every gig i got getting me in the door all the way up until like i was 27 or 28 years old like it worked well yeah um but i never posted anything else um i got done with kind of touring for a little while uh when i turned 30 and i started Posting drum covers to YouTube. I did that for a few years. Got up to like 140 subscribers, something like that, 150.
1: Yeah. And
0: then I started a daily vlog. I started that in 2018, like November, October, November 2018. Started posting a video every weekday and I did like 120 of those. That and that's exhausting. so exhausting. <laughs> it was so exhausting. Yeah. I did it all on my phone. Um, I didn't have a camera, I didn't have a light. I did nothing. I just set my phone up and film myself. Yeah. And I did that for like 120 episodes. And somewhere in there, I started releasing music. Uh, I started using playlisting platforms to start talking about that. And those videos did the best. So yeah. well, I'll just lean into that a little bit more. And that took me up to like 500 subscribers. And then I made a video about how much money I spent the year before on playlisting
1: and that video just blew up. I think that was the video that YouTube recommended to me when I first heard of your channel. (laughs) That one just took off. It got like a hundred thousand views
0: pretty quickly. And that took me to a thousand subscribers. And at that time when I crossed 500, I was like, if I can, this was like March of last year, if I can make it to a thousand subscribers and get monetized, that was my goal. If I can get monetized by the end of the year, this will kind of make sense and I'll feel better about it. And that, that I crossed a thousand in like May or June. And then I was like, okay, well the rest of the years, whatever. (laughs) And by the end of the year, it was at 5,000. And I just couldn't believe that. And now it's almost at 10,000. And it's like, it won't stop. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I have to say like, it is incredible. It's amazing. It's incredibly humbling to know that this many people are interested to hear what I have to talk about. But at the same time, I kind of freaking me out. I'm <laughs> and my phone is constantly blowing up. I get so many emails. I get tons of DMS and yeah. I'm, I'm always trying to help and reply. And it's overwhelming sometimes. Like this is a point of pride for me. I, I kept up with every single comment on my channel until like about 7,500 subscribers. Yeah. And it crossed 7,500. I just had to back off. Yeah. I, was like, yeah. I can't, i can't reply to everybody
1: i mean i was spending like hours a day replying to youtube comments yeah so. it's it's kind of nuts like a lot of people probably don't realize they're like oh you gotta reply to comments like whoopee like life's hard but like when when you get a certain amount it's like to give everyone like a genuine answer other than just like thanks yeah. or like yes you know right. you can spend like hours just replying to people and then they reply back and then you know, of yeah. course you got other stuff going on you're not you're not only a Youtuber, you're you're also like a dad and a husband, and like you have other <laughs> stuff going on. So, um, so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I tried to do that. I think I gave up at 15k. Now my thing is, I'll try to heart every comment or reply yeah. to all the ones with legit questions. <laughs> I'm thinking what I'm probably gonna try to do is when I pass
0: 10, I'm just gonna take a day and try to like clear out the whole thing <laughs> and see if that way I can say up to 10 K I replied to everybody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but
0: like, but to your point about like, it's not rather than just saying like, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of these questions are very thought provoking involved questions where people have genuine questions that they need actual actionable answers to. Yeah. And I want to be able to give that answer. I want to be able to help, you know, cause I remember what it was like. I still go through that stuff. It's like, guys, this is so frustrating. I can't figure this out. And so it takes, you know, a lot of that stuff. You have to think about it. And that's a lot of bandwidth. You know, when you reply to 50 of those in a row, it's a lot of bandwidth. You're
1: just exhausted. Yeah. I'm, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I've been typing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's the same. There's a lot of stuff like that that you wouldn't think is tiring, but it actually is that, you know, like live streaming can be kind of kind of exhausting. And that's probably why I'm guessing you, you don't let your streams go longer than like 90 minutes or two hours or so usually yeah. just because... that's what I do. It just, you get kind of burnt out. Yeah. Um, And it's almost like you get into this like automatic robot mode where you're just like talking and you don't even like realize what you're talking about. At least that's how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so one of the things that you and I are both known for is that the way we kind of run our channels is we both basically just share how we're marketing our music. Yeah. So uh, when we last talked... I was I mean I, I don't even remember how I was doing my Facebook ads then. Was I still using link click campaigns or did I, I just it, start conversions? Just changed to conversions. So and then uh I, you know there was like tier splits and non-tier split options and there's like you know uh, so what's changed for you in the past year and a half in 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 Facebook ad land? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> probably a million things, but like, I was, I <laughs> yeah, the, the the biggest, the biggest things that have changed from like, you know, a year ago mm-hmm. to now. So I definitely swear by conversion
0: ads. Um, one thing that has hopped up on me and I, I, it looks like you've talked about it uh, in some videos as well. I was not prepared for is that when uh, a lot of people are starting an ad account from scratch, they jump straight to conversions, they get shut down. Yeah. I get so many messages about this and it took me a long time to figure out what was happening Yeah, uh, because I just took it for granted. I had run an engagement campaign. I'd run every campaign that Facebook offers and right. uh, trying to figure it out. And then I moved to conversions. So Facebook was like real person, active account. We're good. Yeah. Uh, come to understand that, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm still learning about this, but <clears throat> people are, if you start a f- fresh account, you got to warm it up and, run some engagement ads then run some link clicks and then you can move to conversions it
1: seems to be the move or something Yeah uh, I'll give a little like kind of summary um, not to just like throw my course in here but this is a summary of modules I have in the in the course I'll probably make a YouTube video about it at some point yeah. but the the what if you just make a new business manager account and make a new ad account and start doing conversions there's like over a 50% chance you're going to get banned from Facebook right. ads Um, You'll probably get your account back, but I have literally talked to several people who have gotten their whole personal Facebook profile permanently banned from doing ads, which is like horrible. (laughs) Um, So like start new Instagram artist pages from scratch. Yeah. It's terrible. And Um, and the, the solution in a nutshell is like when you open that new ad account, you know, you, you need to spend like $150, $200, something like that over the course of a couple of weeks running like video view campaigns, engagement campaigns, um, you know, and when you set up your pixel, you want to put it on a site, but don't run an ad on it yet. Just let it like sit on a site, share it organically. And then yeah. when you start doing conversion campaigns, don't have one more than one ad in review at a time. Right. And if you do that, you very likely will not get banned. <laughs> yeah. Every so often someone gets the shaft, but yeah. um most people if they do that they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so so to so
0: bring that back to your question, all of that, I got to kind of skip the first warm up step. <clears throat> and um I started running link click campaigns with the three tier thing when I first yeah. started it. And um I, I quickly moved to conversions. Uh, thanks in large part to you. Uh, I think we yes. talked about it. Got the conversions. Like, right, I'll check it out. My first conversion campaign, my pixel was not set up correctly. It's $150 mm. on release weekend. Ooh, no conversions, money wasted. I've <laughs> definitely done that at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> awful, awful feeling. Um, so I, <clears throat> I started out, um, when I moved to conversions, I started like, just doing the growth campaign. And I still, I swear by a growth campaign. I run a growth campaign for $10 a day without fail. It doesn't stop no matter if I've released music recently or
1: not. Well, when you say growth campaign, do you mean like something to your follower, like to your profile to gain followers? Yeah. So my growth campaign is, um, it'll be campaign. Um,
0: we'll say, we'll start with one ad set uh, targeting uh, two lookalike audiences and two uh, custom audiences. So I have my kind of cold target. Warmish cold target and retarget all in the same. I don't okay. do a separate retarget. So all that's packed into one, and then I have one ad in there, my best performing ad after the longest silence with my song Lions. And that'll go to a toned in landing page. Then the link in the button goes to my profile, not to this song. So that's okay. just to grow followers over time. Um, and when I drop a new song, I'll A B test that same ad set configuration with the new ad against the incumbent ad, whichever one kind of comes out on top is the one that gets to stay basically. Okay. And kind of rinse and repeat. And so I would run that for $10 a day without fail. Um, Every release campaign, what I was doing is I was doing three ad sets. I would do a cold target, targeting similar artists, narrow for Spotify. Then I would do a lookalike ad set, usually just one lookalike audience. And it was usually the video, 95% video viewers of the ad. Hmm. Um, of of all of my ads within the last 60 days. So I just dump them all into the same custom audience.
1: Yeah. Then I would run like a narrowed
0: ad set with that same lookalike to like the U.S. and, you know, Canada.
1: Right. That's really wow. interesting way to... So you you would get the videos that you ran in a conversion campaign, make a custom audience of people who watched 95% of it, make a lookalike of that, and test yeah. that against your other lookalikes. <laughs> right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, this is all just like seeing what works, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try that like immediately after this call. By the way. So here, here, here's what I'm doing now. Okay. Here's what I
0: just did for I just dropped a new song on on the 14th of May, uh, called "Hero," which you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't checked it out. Yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Uh, and so for that, um, uh, what, look, I'll back up. When I ran my campaign for Lions, I did exactly that. I did uh, cold target lookalikes, narrowed lookalikes by country. In those ad sets, I split tested for lions, four ads, all the same, exact same visual, different sections of the song. And that campaign did great. That song's about to cross 100,000 streams. It's easily the best song that I had put out so far. Yeah. Um, Hero is doing really well as well. Um, That campaign has done great. Uh, My release radar spike was something around 3,000 streams on the second Friday, which is great. I'm super happy about that. That campaign is, um, I did, so uh, both lookalikes. So the two custom audiences are 95% video views of all of the ad videos that have been viewed in the last 60 days, they're all in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have uh, people who've converted. So those are my two custom audiences then look-alike audiences, 1% look-alikes based off of those two. So a total okay. of four audiences in that ad set. The next ad set is the exact same ad set, but with both expansions on, look-alike expansion hmm. and detailed targeting expansion. Uh, and they both narrow for Spotify. Um, and then the third ad set, I did three ad sets, is the top 30 countries where I'm being listened to on Spotify for artists with both expansions on again, yeah. except for India, because India, as you know, will eat up all of our traffic, because it's very yeah. expensive for conversion.
1: Right. Um, and so... That, that's and a I good way it. to do it, actually. Uh, a lot of people ask me, like, what countries should should I target? And for me, it changes all the time, because I don't have, like, I mean, I do have a list, but the list is based, uh, it's it's derived, you know, experimentally. I'm just, like, running ads, and I, I basically do what, what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. You look at your Spotify, see what works, and then use that in your ad because you know it works, right?
0: Right, exactly. Um, and so, and then in each of those ad sets for Hero, I ran six ads. Um, all this exact same visual um, with a different section of the song. And usually, sh- almost every time what happens when I split it out for a release campaign like that is there is one ad that is very clearly the winner. And it's the same ad across every ad set. So what I'll do is I'll run that release campaign for like $50 a day for the first three days. And then come Monday at midnight or whenever I wake up in the morning, honestly, (laughs) uh, I'll back it down to $25. I'll cut it in half and then I'll turn off all the ads that are very clearly bad. If there's a couple that still look like they might be getting some decent traffic at a decent price, I'll keep them on. Then uh, depending on how it's performing I will make a duplicate ad set of the best performing ad set and dump it into my growth campaign. For Hero, I started it uh, the next Friday, so a week after the song yeah. went live. I picked, um, in this case, I picked two ad sets that were both doing kind of comparably well and uh, the best single performing ad in each of them. Yeah. And have been those for the past few days. And it's been going great. That, that campaign has done really well. Um, one One thing I've learned I think I've learned Uh, this seems to be the case so I it looks like like if I can get it to trigger release radar right yeah it's gonna throw that net out to countries who aren't necessarily even listening yet which is very interesting so for Hero the most listenership has been in Russia which is not surprising because that's where Lions did really well as well and they're kind of some songs but it for lions it threw it out to like uh like taiwan mexico brazil hero threw it out to the united states that hasn't happened before and there's no indication in my listenership that would tell me that was coming so i don't know why i'm still kind of working that out but it seems like i did a video uh i don't know how long ago now um so a couple months on a concept called trigger cities that i read on the chart metric blog oh yeah yeah and uh definitely uh some mixed feelings on that concept there's some people yeah. who think hey cool and there's some people who are like dude you've lost your mind and that's really yeah. cool
1: uh, I'm sorry, did you see Circa's video about that uh-uh. from entrepreneur he, he his opinion was basically like screw you chart metric people you're wrong uh. <laughs> i mean in, in, in a nice way i mean but he was yeah. he was just talking about how it's bs and uh I'm kind of split on it, too, because, like, for for most of my songs, most of the Facebook ad traffic, just because of the cost, will end up coming from Mexico, Brazil, Russia, wherever. But then the Discover Weekly release radar pushes are almost always mostly in the United States. And I I always assumed it was because maybe Spotify noticed either, one, I'm from the United States, or two, that maybe Spotify is, like, most of the listeners in the world – Mm -hmm. are in the u.s because i mean like the u.s is a really big country it's had spotify for really long so it could it might make sense that maybe the united states is like also my my lyrics are in english so just like you so and that might that might be a huge part of it as well um yeah so i think
0: you know to your point and um in my experience as well i do think that the theory does hold some water um because it's it's really not about like am I trying to grow my audience in X country? It's yeah. really about people in almost exclusively for every song of mine, uh, in no particular order, but Russia, Brazil, and Mexico are the countries that always get the most listenership. They seem to have the most active user bases, the user bases who are hungriest for new music, yeah. and they have some of the uh, least expensive cost per conversion. So it's really just kind of a math game. If yeah. it cost me half as much to get traffic in any one of those three countries, I'm I've effectively doubled my budget. Yeah. <laughs> People there are let's just call it twice as likely to look for new music. Now I've quadrupled my budget. Yeah, having done nothing differently. And if I am able to pull it off and the algorithm does trip in my favor, then I have just quadrupled my budget and gotten the same amount of traffic probably that i would have gotten in the united states if i just targeted that directly but now i've got all these other countries too yeah so to me mathematically it makes sense and so that's why i think the the theory does hold water i mean like yeah when you start trying to bring emotions into it like are they the tastemakers is this country the tastemaker do they have better taste in music like I mean that's you know you can argue about that all day, but mathematically speaking, it makes sense to me, so
1: yeah, yeah, nice. I think i I kind of feel the same way I mean, like I don't do it on a city basis, I do it more on like a country basis, but yeah, um because I've tried doing just the cities, and this never worked out well, but when I target like just the yeah. countries, you get a good price, but some yeah. of the countries make a lot of sense when you do some more research, like when you mm-hmm. look at sao Paulo, Brazil, yeah. Yeah. it's literally the biggest city in all America's and the western side of the world and the whole southern hemisphere so yeah it's bigger than new york and la yeah. so it makes sense like why brazil would have like be one of the biggest streaming cities in the world it's the, one of the biggest cities in the world period right. um and you look at some of the other ones are very big you know they're like places in india which i mean india is one of the biggest countries on the planet oh, yeah. so um, many and like indonesia and, and you know mexico city is another one which is also really big yep. and and then also you look at the list, there's like uh, – there's some United States countries there that show up in the most streams, Spotify cities as yeah. well. They're all the biggest countries in the U.S. So yeah. um, it's – You go to go to any
0: popular artists on Spotify, like big artists, yeah. and their top cities are likely to be
1: Dallas, L.A., <laughs> New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Atlanta uh, Aus- all the big Australia. Things. There's a couple cities. Right. And, Sydney. Uh, London and –
0: Yep. Yeah, it's all the biggest cities, and that makes sense. It's again, it's just like it's a math game. Um, if you can, like, yes, you, like you want to. At the end of the day, really, you have to be interested in creating relationships and having fans who care about what you're doing yeah. and communicating with them. But if you're trying to kind of like get a leg up and throw it out to people who, you know, nobody's gonna like your band if they haven't heard of it. So you've got to get it in front of them. And Spotify gives you a way to basically like 10x, 100x your financial leverage with their algorithms. All you have to do is just pay the upfront cost, and you will likely reap the benefit in return over time. So, like, I spent $150 on my Lions campaign. And I'll make that back from that song. Probably already have made it back from that song but I just didn't make it back immediately. So you have to be able to yeah. front the cost. And then, you know, over a couple of years, like, I think that's the thing. Like you just have to think about it in terms <laughs> of years. Like this is a three yeah. to five year game. If you Stick it out for three to five years. On the other side of it, you'll probably have a business that is going to make you a guaranteed set, you know, revenue every month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People totally don't realize that aspect as as you're saying, because like when my song Chains... And I made a video back in like October, September for the campaign for my song Chains. And I mentioned the video. I spent like, I had 40,000 streams at the time. And I mentioned I spent like $800 on it. And people were like, what the hell? Why, well, how does that make sense? And what I said in the video was like, this song is going to hit 200,000 streams. And everyone was like, but you're not running your campaign anymore. How's it going to hit it? I was like, well, just wait, we'll talk and you know, we'll see how it goes in eight months. Maybe I'm wrong. Or six months. And it's 500,000. Now it's over 500. 000, right? now it's over 500. Uh, I have to add a caveat to that where after I crossed like 300K, mm-hmm. I was like, well, the song made all its money back. So I don't really need that money. I'm just going to do yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah. And no, um, now it's at 560K. And not like I do have some songs that just flop and they're lost, like definitely. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It and like my song Undone total loss <laughs> you know that yeah. song for some reason just people didn't dig it um, i mean some it's people too. you're like i've got this dialed in i got yeah. it out every time I, I was super confident about that song enough where i made a, a. I spent probably 10 hours making an animated music video for it i was so confident by um, the way i am impressed by that i downloaded blender and played with it it is not easy <laughs> oh yeah it's very tough the, the old like, Jesus. the The only reason why i picked it up fast is you know I, i'm i have a master's in mechanical engineering so i'm like and i work in mechanical engineering so i'm used to all those 3d design softwares yeah that's the yeah. only reason why I, like when i first downloaded i'm like oh my god how do regular people use this <laughs> like i spend literally f- like 40 hours a week playing in 3d software already so for, yeah it was still tough for me to learn it you know yeah um but <laughs> but blender yeah everyone everyone who uh, wants to make great artwork for free uh or videos for free Blender is like the shit if you have free time to learn it. Yeah, um, it's just a learning curve for sure. It's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. And I I bought some courses to help as well. You know, like yeah. uh, what's that site that sells all those courses? Oh man, There's several of them monthly and teachable and. No, I forget. Oh man, it's gonna bug me. Well, whatever. No, yeah. it was on sale. I got a bunch of <laughs> courses um anyway so yeah like you know some songs flop and then you get a loss but other songs win you get a profit and some songs break even but this is just on a scale of like a year as you're saying if you think about in the scale of years like with an s um it's not like songs just die one day for Mm -hmm. the most part
0: and another cool thing is like so uh this time around i've just tested each single you know and then moved on to the next single uh, and I've released eight songs that I'm stinging on, and I think I'm gonna book in those and make an album, uh, intro, outro, and make an album. And the cool thing about that is that I have, through the eight songs, I have basically let the market tell me which one the singles are. Yeah. What do so you like? Which ones do well? And so those are the ads I'll use to promote the record when I drop the record. Now I, I have between Lions and Hero, and when we were young, that ad did pretty well too. Between those three songs, I have three ads that I know do well, yeah. And I will put all that traffic to that record. And when I drop the full-length record, I'll probably spend a sizable budget, more than I've spent on singles, and I'll just pump it for the first like two three weeks. And I'm willing to bet that within a calendar year, I'll make back all the money and probably then some that I spent promoting that record. Yeah. So in the future, what I'll probably do is make a record all at one time. Like, let's say I, I hole up in here in December and I make a record with the whole thing. And then I release single by single throughout the next year. And at the end of the year, right. I drop the record. And I do the same thing over and over again. Just let the market tell me what you like. And then I'll use that song to promote the record when it drops. And yeah. Kind of got a little system where, like, I'm going to make my money back.
1: Yeah. And eventually it'll start turning a profit. And that's, that's fantastic advice. Yeah. <laughs> So, a lot of people, when they make an album, they're they're desperate to drop it, right? Which makes sense. You I just, know, yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like an engagement <laughs> ring. Oh <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it, <laughs> rainy, it burned a hole in my pocket. <laughs> I could not get rid of it fast enough. Yeah, and that yeah. people think about albums like the world has to hear this. Like, just be a little bit patient. Take the year, yeah. do it. You know, every six weeks, new single. If you have enough songs, every month, new single. Yeah, just. You know, let the people tell you what they like. Pick your favorites that you think will do well. If you release six, eight songs over the course of a year before you release your mm-hmm. record, people will tell you which one they like. And you'll yeah. probably have one in there that does really well.
1: Yeah. And then that way, if you're starting from scratch, by the time your album drops, you might have like 20,000 monthly listeners and 3,000 right. followers or something. And yeah, exactly. um, then your your album, your baby isn't dropping to nobody. Yeah don't want to drop baby to nobody you want someone there to catch it right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and there's one thing a lot of people will do is uh, they'll do what you just said except what they'll do is they'll make the whole album available to purchase like whenever so like from the first single being released someone could go on their website and buy the whole album but it's just the streaming services don't get it until that whole stretch and and that like some people have used that as a justification for why people should actually buy their album either digital or physical yeah um you know and it's it works really well it's kind of like if if you if you love the music you'll probably want to just buy the album yeah because you're not going to want to wait a whole year but if you don't really care that much you know you'll just wait and then you win either way and so it's um you kind of get the benefit of an album you get an excuse to sell an actual thing and you can take advantage of what the streaming services offer yeah
0: exactly yeah if you like spotify's the reason Spotify wins is because their software and their algorithms are just top notch. Like, yeah, nobody else even comes close with the discoverability. Nobody. Yeah, uh, which is unfortunate. You know, I'd love to see more competition on that front. I think'd it be great. Yeah. Uh, but they. Have you ever used Apple Music? I have, but I,
1: I just <laughs> I can't it's find f- anything on there. It's so bad at recommending new stuff to me. I mean, oh, like, you have to yeah. like purposefully train it. To uh-huh. recommend new stuff. Where Spotify, it just looks at what you listen to for the most part. Apple, mm-hmm. I feel like I had to manually go in and like download and make sure I like tracks I like to make sure I added stuff to playlists. Where Spotify is just like, hey, we know you're stupid. We're just gonna figure it out for you. Yeah, we're gonna, exactly. We're gonna force feed you the music we know exactly. you want to hear, and they're yeah. so good at it. Like the, huh. when they send me something, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out because I feel like Spotify is probably giving me something I actually like.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah
1: and so if if
0: if you take the time to understand like that this software is really kind of here to help you, um you can leverage it and take advantage mm-hmm. of it and and let it help you um I think I don't think it happens much with people probably under thirty, but people over thirty are still very much stuck in the idea of like make a record, release the record, tour the yeah. record, that kind of whole old school thing that you know we all had to do <laughs> and yeah. uh you just don't have to do that anymore i mean you don't <laughs> even have to play a show you don't have to play yeah. a show you can never play a show in your life I and mean, you can just live stream making your beats and then you can live stream playing your beats back and we could do this right now like i could have made a lo-fi tape for this whole live stream we could be playing in the background and talking over the top of it. yeah you
1: could like the possibilities are limitless I know, so many- yeah, and and, and um, I mean, I, I think like a lot of the the people who are kind of in between, leveraging both things, are probably making out the best, yeah. Because um, I think a lot of people, um, I guess the younger generation, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, of that threshold. I'm, I'm 29, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. um, you know, m- older millennial, basically. Um, yeah. So, uh, for, I just forgot what I was gonna say, man. Um, oh yeah yeah so so people who get are off. yeah get that so so people who like do all the online stuff and do the touring and the merch and the stuff um i feel like though like that's like the best position to be in um and unfortunately like it doesn't make sense for everyone like mm-hmm. i have no interest in like touring and doing shows like yeah. i'm all about the online only thing and like maybe i'll I'll get it to a point where i can do some live stream stuff mm-hmm. um and I've, I've got some new equipment to try to try to arrange something actually but um it's weird with electronic music you know you you can't like it's not like with a band where you can just play you know but yeah but um from the people i've talked to the ones who seem to really crush things are ones who they can perform live and they do perform live they do bring merch to their shows they've done some touring they're big on running facebook ads To, to spotify yeah but they're also big on running facebook ads to sell stuff in their store they're good at their mailing list they're good at replying to comments and doing face to face with people and um, <clears throat> yeah.
0: if you like if you can bring people into your world creative world bring them to your mailing list bring them to your website like you you know having traffic on youtube or spotify or instagram all great all necessary all really beneficial yeah you really get your super fans about bringing them that next step to you And a live show is just, I mean, just about the best way to do that. If somebody can come and talk to you and give you a hug at the merch table, tell you they love your song, get a picture. Like, I mean that, dude, whenever I've gotten to meet the bands that I love, I just, I carry that for years, you know, that just Mm. one little experience. And so it's a big deal. Um, I, but I think the now with the power of data, you can wait to tour. You don't have to grind it out in the back of a van playing to five people. You can wait to tour until you have pinpointed the 15 cities where there are House of Blues and you have a pretty yeah. good shot of selling them out. Right. And you can guarantee that you're going to make money. And if you you if you've, there's one market where you're like, man, people just aren't quite there yet, pump ads to them. Yeah. Them
1: it's that yeah. simple. Uh, you know, a lot fun. of people ask about the idea of running ads to specific cities they want to play shows in. And, and I never had any experience in this until – A couple weeks ago one of my uh, consulting students wanted like he's in a band that they tour a lot locally they do like 150 shows a year yeah and so he was running ads to local cities and it was like surprisingly not much more expensive than running it to like worldwide i mean it was like more expensive than like brazil and mexico but not like astronomically so right um and on one hand he has a very specific niche he knows his audience and he's like music's really good but yeah it was surprising that. That's like a viable strategy and, and yeah. you can use events on Facebook. You can run event campaigns to get people to sign up. Um, yeah. and it's
0: once you've got them signed up, then you don't have to pay to talk to them. They're part of the yeah. group, the event, and then you get yeah, yeah. An to engage with them even before the event, uh, the event happens. So you don't have to keep spending money to get them. You've, you've kind of got their attention at least step one.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: uh, it's very effective. I mean, I've, I mean, I went and saw, granted, much bigger artists, but last time Millennium was in town, I went and saw him because of an ad on Instagram. That was the only way I knew he was here. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like the week before.
1: Oh, he's going to be here. Yeah, I'll go. Oh, sick. You know, like that's. Yeah, I would love to see it. He's like one of my favorite uh, electronic artists. Yeah. Dude, it was great. They're, his production is insane. <laughs> I can imagine. Electronic oh, artists are, are crazy because, like, they don't really do much on stage i mean i don't want to like smash and make fun of like people who dj because it it is kind of like its own art form but like since they're not like doing as much on stage as let's say like a musician would be it's like they make up for it with these crazy like lighting systems and and projector screens and custom artworks and remixes of songs and uh and and some electronic artists will like bring in live bands for songs and and performers and stuff it's nuts (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they like the artistry in that is uh the preparation, I think. Yeah. It's the
0: preparation beforehand. Like the actual performance is kind of just like the repetition. Yeah. But the artistry of that is the creating the show, the like creating the theme and the flow of it and the story and yeah. um I think I've never seen him live, but I've seen a bunch of videos. Um Excision, he does mm. s- such a good job with his visuals. Like they're just ridiculous, <laughs> you know. I mean, you can yeah. tell, like, spent a lot of time on that. I would, I mean, I'd love to be able to put on a show like that.
1: That'd be cool. That would give me out
0: live <laughs> as an artist.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like, if if I could see myself, where if some, if I knew people wanted it, I feel like that's be the only thing where I could like get get motivate myself to actually go out and uh, do a live kind of thing. <laughs> for for us, like, it's weird though, because like you said, like. <sighs> Are we DJs?
0: Are we band guys? You know what I mean. Right, like Yeah. I sing on everything. I'm probably going to start uh, incorporating some other people at some point. Uh, but I sing on everything, so I'm just going to stand up there and sing to a track. Right. Probably not. That's kind of lame.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to sing
0: songs and not sing them. Well, that's kind of lame too. <laughs> <know>
1: <laughs> there's a there's a cool artist called Quiet, but it's like spelled with an O instead of a U. Um, he's like he makes like electronic. It's like dubstep mixed with hip-hop mixed with hardcore music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my side project Murder Night, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you've heard that. but um, So live, he's like DJing tracks, but then he's like screaming into a microphone. So he's like DJing and a vocalist live. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was like a really unique kind of blend. And San Holo will do similar things where he's like DJing yeah. on decks, but then for some songs, he'll pull out a guitar. And he'll actually yeah. sing some songs. Like, the vocals are so processed where you couldn't reasonably do them, so he'll just right. DJ them. Um, I picked up this cool thing. Let me know in the chat if anyone has heard of this before. This is what I'm trying to do to figure out if I can do, like, a performance thing. An Octatrack? It's like a. It's like a... They call it a dynamic performance sampler. So you can, okay. like load in samples but like tra- like <laughs> cut up your songs in chunks and like transition to them really cool and loop things and apply effects and do like kind of like DJing but mixed with like synthesizer stuff and sampling and so yeah. I was going to like try to do that pair it with a microphone and maybe like a synthesizer and try to like perform my songs. Kind of times approach? I don't know. I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does like well she's
0: got all kinds of stuff just turning knobs and weird stuff and yeah
1: yeah kind of like like a lot of this the synth people which i guess i am one too but a lot of the people who perform like synth like very nerdy like synthesizer music live yeah. you know yeah. like with all the x stuff there's turning knobs like kind of doing that but like basic enough where i could still sing over it it's kind of yeah. what i want to want to do because i don't want to be a dj for to me that just feels like i literally bought a native instruments tractor to try it and it just feels yeah. so lame to me like, I know yeah. it's, and it's, it's actually really hard to do well, but it yeah. just, it feels lame and it's hard. So I'm like, nah, I'm going to figure something else out. <laughs> See, for me, I've like, you know, I've been playing drums
0: on stage for a long, long time. And for a very large chunk of that time, I was also running Ableton to run tracks for the band. Yeah. So I'm over here doing this, firing <laughs> tracks, hitting triggers, running everything. So to stand behind two decks and just twist the knob, yeah sounds like dream to me i would love to do that
1: (laughs) right (laughs) yeah yeah i know like it's it's a weird balance like you don't want to be you don't want to be what you were doing drumming and controlling a whole set but you also don't want to just be like sitting there bouncing on stage with headphones on as you like click one button every yeah yeah. I was like, I'm. I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna like look cool on stage. It's just not who I am, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not thing. It's not. It's not my thing. I'm. I'm not the guy who's like super pumped on stage. I mean, like maybe when I when I was 17, yeah, I did some live yeah. stuff, but I wasn't crazy or anything. <laughs> you strike me as the guy who uh, would
0: just rip like a screamo band guitar on stage.
1: <laughs> then uh, then you would crush. I have never crushed a guitar. Oh, oh, like a solo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that was my my thing. I, I, what, like, remember when I'm in high school, like, when we would cover Freebird, you know, because we're high school kids, and we, who who doesn't cover Freebird? And I like, remember the guitar solo thing, and I like, put the guitar in the back of my head, and be yep. like, yeah, ripping crazy solos, and like, putting, holding the guitar out, and doing crazy, like, overhand stuff, and... I have no problem visualizing that at all. That was was (laughs) me. But like jumping up and down and like looking cool was not my thing. Like my my guitar was like this high. Oh yeah. You know, it was like all the way up. (laughs) So it looked like a total nerd. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, man, I want to go through some of the comments because there's probably like, uh, I don't even know how many comments there are. There's like over 50 comments in the chat. Ooh, a bunch, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, some of them are just people chatting to each other, but I feel like there's probably some fantastic questions yeah. in there. Um, so, sub Kilmore, sub Sam Steiner, sub Solo Hit, sub, Spoiled, Suede, Skate, Alex, Fade Records, Emiri, Diego, Dan, The Dimensions. The Dimensions? Oh, okay. I get it. It's a cool name. Harry, <laughs> Bart. And I'm sure I missed some people, but hello, everyone. All right, going up or down? I just started at the top and just wanted to say hi to everyone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's start with, let's see. Okay, iOS 14. That's the first kind of conversation I'm seeing here. Okay. Um, this question in particular is about not seeing, like see you know, when you look at like countries or ages or genders and you see unknown stats for everything. Oh yeah. Have you been seeing that? Because I I, what I've noticed is that my ad account I can see which countries have gotten conversions and the cost per conversion in countries. But I've you know I look at like literally ten ad accounts a week, and Mm -hmm. some of them see no country data whatsoever, and some of them do. So, what which option do you have? (laughs) So I don't see any breakdown. Um, Okay.
0: I yeah it's all unknown. I can't. This weird thing has happened too. I can see. I see no conversion breakdown. I can see breakdown by link click, by landing page views, by impressions. um, But I can't sort data by link click or (laughs) landing page views. I can only sort it by impressions. Fortunately, those generally coincide. But if I want to look at like which one got the most link clicks and down, I can't do that. It won't let me do it. I can't see who converted anywhere. So now, all of my results, I can only kind of guess the best I can with uh, toned-in results and what I'm seeing on Spotify for Artists. So, damn. I, I was talking to somebody. Uh, somebody sent me an email last week, and they contacted Facebook support, and Facebook told them that it was out for everybody. That that was no no longer a thing. You were not going to be able to see conversion breakdown. Yeah. Except they
1: seem like they got a lot to figure out over there. Yeah, the, the Facebook, and I'm sorry if, if anyone from Facebook sees this, <laughs> but the Facebook at marketing expert people, my experience mm-hmm. have been that for the most part, they're totally useless. Um, it sounds like they're IT support people reading from a script. So yeah. if you ever get a call or email saying this, hey, I'm from Facebook, I'd love to give you a consultation. You no, know, do it because there are good people that work there but take Mm -hmm. everything they say with a massive grain of salt and be prepared to ignore at least half of what they say yeah i've talked to several people who have like you know they're doing what what i was doing and they're happy with how it was they do one call with one of those people and the next time i talk to them they're like i like nothing's working anymore oh my god i spent like five hundred dollars and like nothing's happening i look and the facebook guy had them set up like a reach campaign, a video view campaign and a traffic campaign and told him that he wasn't ready for conversions yet. Even though he already had conversions that were working very well. He had him like turn that off and set up these three other things at like these crazy high prices. And I was like, uh, they duped one, you. They sucked th- you
0: real good. <laughs> yeah, one thing that I think is important to remember, and this isn't, I don't mean this as a slight. Facebook is interested in making Facebook money. So yeah. they're, I mean, they should be, they're a business. That's what businesses are about. You need to turn a profit. Um, and so a lot of the times I, I, I haven't, I can't speak from personal experience with actually talking to an advertising consultant, but a lot of the times, all of the little pop-ups and uh, options they give you, you know, automatic placements recommended uh, that's, yeah. that's what's going to get you to spend the most money. Uh, it's what's going to get your money to flow the fastest. So, yeah it's kind of like a balance between you want to take advantage of facebook's ai you want to let it work on your behalf but you've got to give it enough data to go with you've got to make enough decisions up front like point it in the right direction and then it will work for you if you just leave it open it's not going to figure out what you want it to do and then you're just wasting money yeah and i think that support people are probably if they can get you to play the long game and like do an engagement campaign and then a reach campaign and then a traffic campaign and then a conversion campaign. Well, now they've just gotten $1,000 out of you instead of just the 250 you were going to spend on your conversion
1: campaign or whatever. Yeah, I, I think part of it's that. I think the other aspect might be that they're used to working with regular businesses. Right. Who, if you're just starting as a regular business, it probably makes sense to start with reach and engagement and until your page grows a little bit. But I don't think any of them have ever worked with like any of us like you, me or anyone watching this channel. We're, like <laughs> It
0: feels weird to say this because we've been doing this for a little while. We've been working at this for a long time, but we are still so early on this Facebook yeah. ads music thing. Like people still are like, why, why don't you use playlists? Which playlist <laughs> platform do you recommend? I'm like, I mean, it feels like old news to me because i've been doing it but it really is still like it's very new the opportunity is still very very fresh so if you're learning about it now like you're ahead of the curve big time
1: yeah yeah a lot of people will wonder like is are these things outdated and yes stuff changes like every month so Kind of, yes, but also like, no, <laughs> you know, right, exactly. like I was 14 didn't ruin Facebook ads. Like my ads aren't really like maybe a little bit more expensive, but nothing like that isn't normal. Like it might just be like there's slightly more competition now or whatever. You know? Right. Um, might have actually gone down. Yeah, there I've you go. <laughs> less money. Yeah. <laughs> And like, you know, one reason that could be is like maybe people saw the iOS 14 stuff and they like just said, no, nah, screw this. I'm not verifying a domain and yeah, I just quit. So now there's less competition and the price goes down. You know, it's really? it's like, yeah. it's not like Facebook's just trying to arbitrarily like increase the costs because yeah. like my opinion is that if they can get the best performance for you and make you really happy with your results, that's the way they get the most money from you. Right. If 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 I found a way I could run a campaign and get two cent conversions, mm-hmm. that all converted to Spotify, I'd give them like ten grand, you know, yeah. because yeah. that would like that would let me do a lot. You know, I could grow a lot faster, and I'd be much more willing to accept that level of um, financial commitment than you know like fifteen cents or twenty cents a conversion. Right. Um, one thing I think,
0: kind of bring it back full circle. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons I I really like a growth campaign is because it keeps that data constant. And I think that's one of the reasons my costs have continued to come down because it hasn't just been like a tank down and it's done. Yeah. It has come down by one cent every so often, just like clockwork. It's like the more data it gets, the more it understands what I'm trying to get it to do. And I almost yeah. think of it like, a, <clears throat> you think of like a sideways hourglass, you know, pinched yeah. in the middle. Um, you start out with a ton of options and you don't know what you're doing and Facebook doesn't know what you're doing. And so your job is to take this and narrow it down to this. And you give Facebook that seed of this is what I want. And you give it as many of those seeds as you can over time. And I think that's what that growth campaign does. And as you give it those seeds, Facebook will then have a very, very healthy plant that can grow out this direction. But if you don't narrow it down and give it enough information here, it's just going to stay at this block of unknown across the board. So your job is to pinch it in the middle and give it really good data. Who <laughs> man, now.
1: this is getting really deep. We're gonna have to you're gonna have to hire a guy like a Photoshop expert to make an actual graphic for this. Like yeah, literally, yeah. like a, a bunch of seeds over here. It gets down to like one seed going through the center, and then there's a plant growing on the other side, and right. It's, But yeah, I know exactly. That's a really good analogy to kind of describe it. Yeah. And Um, so I
0: think like for for the hero campaign, I think that's why the lookalike expansion and detailed targeting expansions actually worked because I've tried those in the past out here and they don't work because you're giving it a bunch of bad data and you're basically saying, let's like magnify an inefficient system and it's just going to magnify the inefficiency. So if you can, Whittle it down and create a really efficient system. Then you magnify it. And now you've magnified the efficiency, and I think that's mm-hmm. why it worked well for me this time. Is because of that, because the data has been. I mean, I've been collecting this data for almost a year. Right. Yeah. Not stop. Yeah. It's just it took time.
1: Yeah, and I, I've sometimes I do it just like you're describing, where I narrow it down really far, and then I turn on detailed targeting expansion, and that mm-hmm. works well. What I've what I've noticed at least. Um, and again, you know, everyone watching literally, um, there's like a million ways to make this work. So Mm -hmm. there's, um, like a lot of people will try what I do and it won't work. And they will try what Tom, Tom does and it won't work. They'll try some made up thing they had in their head and it'll work. And then if we try what they worked, it it wouldn't work. So it's either way, like there's a lot of ways to kind of skin the cat, so to speak. And so what I've noticed is that for my like niche metal, metal core dubstep project, um, yeah. narrowing it down a lot and then turning on detail targeting expansion. Like I'll do Spotify narrowed by Metalcore narrowed by Dubstep detail targeting expansion. That works really yeah. well. Um, what, I, what I've noticed from my electronic music, it's like not every time, but a lot of the time the bigger and broader the ad set, the better. So I'll have like pop music with detail targeting expansion on yeah. or I'll have like Post Malone detail targeting on uh, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly detail targeting on. And when I compare that to it with it off, it's almost always more expensive. Um uh-huh. Yeah, I've had the opposite experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's why like testing is king with this stuff. Like I always tell people, if you find something that works and it's completely opposite of what works for me, then like just do it. You know? <laughs> like mm-hmm. ignore it's, everything that I say. If it works for you, who cares? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's almost like <clears throat> like I really wish that through
0: experimenting with all this and testing all this stuff publicly on YouTube, I could just give somebody a roadmap say, here, if you do this, it will work. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. Like we kind of have to come at it more of like, this is how you find water in the desert. This is how you chop down a tree. And now you have to find your own path. Like that's more the skills that have to be taken from what we talk about rather than like, where's the map? Give me the map. Just show me how to get there unfortunately it doesn't work that way you've just got to learn how to you've got to like be confident in testing and trying things and don't give up like that's the that, the hardest thing especially at first it's like no yeah. matter how bad it turns out no matter how many one dollar conversions you get you've got to keep going <laughs> yeah it's only it's only going to get better if you don't quit so you gotta, yeah. gotta keep going and the the beginning is the hardest part by far i mean yeah. i feel like i I've been at it for about a year and I feel like I'm just to the point I'm getting my head above water. Like, Hey, kind of getting this figured out.
1: Right. It takes time. Yeah, it does. And, and just to be a complete polar opposite statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously don't give up. Don't try it once and say it doesn't work for me. Don't yeah. spend $5 and quit. But also if it's every so often, even for me, you know, I've been doing this a while. I have songs that flop and you have yeah. to know when to back off on the track and just say, OK, yeah. I'm going to save this money for the next one. So like 100%. some yeah. people will, will um, like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep testing this out. I'm going to make it work. And they spend mm-hmm. their whole budget and it sucked and it does nothing for yeah. them where they would have been better off if they said, OK, let me like sail this back. The song's just not popping. Let's just yeah. save it for the next one. Um, but yeah, don't quit. But also <laughs> don't waste your money. Be smart about it. Be, be smart don't, about not quitting. Don't quit in the micro, but don't be afraid to move on, or in the macro,
0: don't be afraid to move on <laughs> in the micro. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. I did, I did the same, I did that with uh, my song We Can Run. I think it is only like five or 6,000 streams, even still. Yeah. I thought that song was great. I love that song. I was like, this song is going to do really well. And dude, I tested hundreds of dollars, tons of different ads, and I never, ever could get the cost to come below like 40 cents a conversion. Yeah. I mean, for like a month, I tested, tried to find something, and it just wouldn't work. And sometimes, no matter how much you love a song or how much you think it's good, other people just don't. Yeah, <laughs> there's you can do about it.
1: Yeah. Just move on. Yeah, that, that was that was my song undone. Exactly yeah. same same it story. It hurts. It still hurts. I mean, if I,
0: I mean, Lions did great. I released Holding On. I was like, I feel good about this song. Yeah.
1: Nobody else did yeah right. <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> like you know my song socialize was like i banged that out so quick i remember like yeah. a record i wrote the whole song in a day yeah and um you know i didn't even make a music video for it because i was like meh it's not gonna do well yeah and um it's my second best performing song ever and my song chains like i was really confident in it but yeah. um socialize i was not yeah and um it just is how it is like you can never guess you can never yeah. guess
0: i'll hit i'll hit publish when i hit publish on lions i was like this song sucks <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that ends up being your best performing song yeah. and everyone loves it and it's yeah
0: what <laughs> you just never know man
1: yeah yeah
0: that's what, i mean that's why you have to hit publish consistently like, Right. on you know one of the best things i have internalized about just putting stuff out on the internet period is like you've got to just do it all the time you yeah. don't have to overdo it. You know, I did that with my vlog and you know, burnt out, took several months off. That's not good. But you gotta keep taking shots at the net. Say so figure out what works and people will tell you. They will vote with their attention. Yeah.
1: Fantastic advice. Push push that button. Push hard on it. And you get a winner. Yeah. I mean you're you're as you said, like you'll promote the same song until you find a better one. Yeah,
0: that's, exactly. That's, that's exactly.
1: I'm still running ads for Socialize that came out last April, and I'm yeah. still running ads oh. for Chains that came out last September. Lions has trip discover weekly, like every other week, since yeah. it came out.
0: Like it just keeps happening, and they, you know, they're not all big. Sometimes it's just a, a fifty plays, a hundred plays, but it keeps happening, it keeps getting on there, and just going and going. Yeah. So at some point, I could, let's say. I get a wild hair in one week and I just want to run a $300 dollar, hundred dollars a day for three days campaign for lions. I bet I could get a massive discover weekly boost that next Monday by just yeah. doing that. Cause it's already popularity scores above 30. It's already doing well. It's already doing it anyway. And so you just kind of keep, keep the gas on it a little bit and then you can push down really hard when you want to. And, you know, maybe use, <laughs> if you want to pull the bait and switch, you can use that ad Push to another song. Yeah, don't in that, but you can. <laughs> you know, I recommend being authentic with your ad experience because I think that's how you build trust with people. But you know, yeah, if if you wanted to make a playlist rather, if you want to make a playlist with, say, lions that's doing well in your new single, and drive traffic to the playlist so people go boom boom listen back to mm-hmm. back, you might actually get more traffic to your new song
1: with an ad that has been proven to work. Yeah, my thing where what I'll do is like the first month the song's out, I'm sending them right to the song. Yeah. And then after that, I switch it to my profile. It, so yeah. like Socialize and Chains, I'm still running them. But after that one month period, it's all going to the profile so that I can kind of do what you're describing. Use, yeah. use an old song that is proven to work to promote all my songs. And since your new song is at the top of your discography, um, yep. it, it's the one people click. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I do. I I do to the song for release campaign, and then after, after I've gotten uh, release radar and hopefully discover weekly, I'll switch it to the to the profile. So really like two or three weeks, depending on how long it takes. Yeah, and then it, it continues to do well because you know hopefully what will happen is, like it just happened with Hero. Uh, this time, Lions was at the top spot of your most popular songs, and I managed to get Hero above it. So now Hero is the very top of the profile. Not only is it the first most released song up here, but it's also the number one in the playlist that you're going to play. If you just hit play, yeah. that's going to be the first one that plays. So it's a double win. So send it to the profile, follow buttons there, play that song first, everybody's happy.
1: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Unless they, they hate your song because you showed them the best part and the intro's bad. Right, exactly. <laughs> Dude, that's, uh, uh,
0: so on that note... This is one thing that I'm, I wanna keep testing with later songs. In fact, I might do it with older songs and rerun ads. I have discovered, so my music's fairly formulaic, I'll just admit it, I'm not <laughs> even worried about it. Um, I've got four, like eight bars of verse, like four bars of verse, four bars of like pre-chorus and then break slash chorus and then drop, right? Yeah. Eight bars of break, eight bars of drop, maybe sometimes 16. I have found that if I start the ad, in the middle of the verse, at the like pre-chorus basically, four bars of second half of verse into chorus. It will just get to the drop. And then the listener kind of has all the information they need about what's happening in this song. They get the emotional kind of buildup, the tension, and then they get the release all in that one 15-second ad. And those ads invariably have performed the best hmm. every time it's weird like no other yeah. section if I drop them right into the drop like yeah this is the most epic part of the song never usually doesn't work they, they
1: need to understand the journey yeah my, um, what what yeah. I've found is like the chorus only or the chorus slash drop will only do the best like a third of the time the other two yeah. thirds of the time it's either a verse or pre-chorus or bridge Yeah, and I think dropping people directly into a chorus or a drop it like gives away all the sauce of the track without any of the tension so it's like boring if if you sh- drop them into a verse in a pre-chorus i mean for, for your ads too they're probably not even getting to the course before they convert mm-hmm. I, I would i would assume because you're, you're giving them all the tension and then they're they're like oh i like where this is going and it's like almost yeah. like their imagination's better than what the track is in a way <laughs> i've got to get the payoff now yeah Gotta, yeah and so they they go in and like so I think that's why the chorus and drops only work like a third of the time, yeah. from what I've seen. That's probably why you're you're essentially seeing the same thing. Yeah. Are you still doing fifteen second ads? Yeah, just fifteen. Okay. You still doing just stories? Yep. Damn man.
0: Yeah.
1: i so I'll, <laughs> I'll look. Let me see what hero
0: my hero ads are doing today. They've been doing pretty well. So they're at seven cents today. Oh course. snap! Wow. Just stories placements. Jesus. And it's almost all Instagram traffic. I mean, hardly any Facebook or Messenger stories. I mean, Messenger stories almost never happens.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: A so, few Facebook, but it's almost
1: all Instagram traffic. So what I normally notice is that Instagram Explore ends up being my best placement. Hmm. Instagram stories, it's usually like somewhere in the middle. It's, it's never the cheapest, almost never the cheapest. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if there's an argument to be made that
0: my lookalike audiences have trained Facebook to look for people who respond to stories ads.
1: Probably, actually. Yeah, I forgot. about So you're, you're pretty much – the lookalike audiences are like the biggest part of your campaigns. Yeah, 100%. So I, I treasure my lookalikes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, um, how many people are in the custom audience that feeds that lookalike? Uh, It varies depending on when I've released a song,
0: uh, but anywhere between 1,000 and 3,500.
1: Okay. Wait, so you're not doing 180 days. You're doing 60 days. So they're kind of always like, it's like a river of data. It's like people come in, people come out. and Interesting. Have you tried doing a longer lookalike?
0: I haven't uh, recently, not in a while. I might do that. The reason I went with 60 and have stuck with it is because I thought about it from a retargeting perspective. Um, Am I going to remember something that I saw over two months ago? It's unlikely. But with Uh, the
1: lookalike though, it's strangers who have never seen you before.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. And so it makes sense to do longer from that perspective. Um, But I was really kind of only thinking about the retargeting, just the custom audience when I made it. Oh yeah. Which is why I stuck with it that way. Um, Yeah. But I might, I might split test that again soon I'm, I'm gonna after hero i'm gonna take a little bit of a break from releasing music because building out a bunch of infrastructure in my as a, a brand uh, <laughs> my brand <laughs> yeah, love, you know redoing my website and putting together a course and need to build out that platform so as you know it's tough to balance it all so yeah. going to take a, a break from releasing music uh while i can build out all this kind of like foundational stuff I'm excited for the day, you know. Hopefully, within the next six eight months, that all of my like core things are built. I don't have to rebuild them, and then it's just content on top of those yeah. things. Once I can get to that point, then I don't have to take as many breaks from releasing music to like do X Y Z. Um, right. And, you know,
1: so. Yeah, it, it was a lot more work to get my first course created than it was to. Um, well, one, than it is to update the course, and two, than it was to get the second course, just because, like, yeah. first, you're trying out different software packages, different course platforms, different sales funnels, different email providers. You're figuring out how to connect them, which is a hot mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and uh, I remember when I, when I did the first beta for my course, I literally, like, said in my YouTube, what do you call it, YouTube uh, community section, like, this is literally... 75 percent off because i don't even know if it's gonna work when you buy it like you might <laughs> buy this and you might not get access and we might spend like a few days trying to figure out how to get you in the course so this is 75 percent off for 20 people because yeah. that was my beta test and like that's how much of a nightmare it was getting it up off the ground and um, yeah but now it's like i just know it works right like i know right. if someone buys on the site it's going to um, send them an email with the, the login instructions. It's going to automatically add them to the Teachable store. It's going to automatically add them to the mailing list in the right category, um, yeah. and it's just set up. And so I feel I feel, yeah. you, I feel what, you, what you mean when you say like, building yeah. the systems, because the systems yeah. like are a lot of work to build. You don't, you don't envy my position right now. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I mean, I, yeah. I, it's, uh, I don't know if you have any idea of what, what you're going to use. I highly recommend something like Thrivecart over ClickFunnels. I yeah, I'm not gonna use ClickFunnels. Um <laughs> yeah, uh, hundred dollars a month um, minimum. <laughs> yeah. I'm planning to use uh, Podia. Have you heard of that one? Actually I haven't, no. Yeah. It's uh it seems to be a
0: pretty good system. Um there's a YouTuber I like, uh, his name is Ali Abdal and uh, he uses Podium. He's like a productivity
1: zip meadow- po- Podium?
0: Podia. Podia. Let me check it out. Um, so I'm sure you're like me. I I will research to the ends of the earth before I make my move. Yeah. Which forms I'm considering, you know, and read everything. And uh, so that's the, what takes the most time for me is I want to know. I want to pick the right platform first so I don't have to rebuild it again.
1: Yeah. Because I've
0: had to do that many times. I, I went from Squarespace to Wix and now I'm just hosting a landing page on card. And ultimately, I'm going to move, I'm going to build my site on Ghost,
1: which seems to be a kind of fresher, newer uh, WordPress hmm. alternative.
0: That's ghost? Ghost, yeah.
1: Well, another thing I haven't heard of.
0: Ghost.so, uh, I believe?
1: Or maybe it's ghost.org, one of the two. Is so a ghost website hosting yeah. or whatever? I'll just um, do a Google search the, so I can uh, remember yeah. to look it up later.
0: <laughs> the, the one that I'm not sure on yet is where I'm going to put the community. I'm not going to do yeah. Facebook. Um, That's what I use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to do Facebook because I want to own it. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about using Circle because Circle has a white label option that will just integrate with your site. And you can just do like you know, community.andrewsouthworth. I've
1: thought about... Um, or just mem- maybe straight to Discord and starting there and then moving it later. I don't know. I've thought about switching to um, Mighty Networks. Yeah, I've I've uh, used Mighty Networks as a
0: consumer with courses before, and it's really good. I was looking using between that and uh,
1: a combination of Podia and Circle or Mighty Networks. Um, Yeah. So so what I use just you know um, for for reference for you, but also everyone that's watching, if you're thinking about launching your own thing, if you if you were to buy, you know, either if you have or if you're thinking about buying one of my things, all my sales sites are on. Thrivecart. Cool thing with Thrivecart, you can sell not just products, you can sell subscriptions, and you can do pay what you want models. So I'm oh, cool. I'm starting to get plan out like getting more into the whole merch email list kind of thing. And I'm trying to do some like f- pay what you want, like physical items, but like there'll be like a shipping cost, so kind of free free plus shipping handling with a pay what you want thing. But you can also do you can do all those different things. You can also do free trials. Or not free trials, you can do Cheap trials. You can do like a three-day trial for like five bucks if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm not using any of those things. I'm just using the normal thing. But yeah. it's cool that you to know that I can do it. And, yes. and there's a yeah. native integration with Teachable, which is what I use to host my course. Which okay. um very expensive stuff, by the way. Like a lot of people might not realize it, but like ThriveCart, seven hundred dollars. Teachable, I pay twelve hundred dollars a year. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that overhead stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't realize. It's uh that's kind of the part that
0: I'm one of the reasons I like to do all my research is because, you know, it's definitely an investment. If you're going to Yeah. release least course, I mean, it's not well, like, yes, I hope people buy it, but it's not a get rich quick scheme. Like it's an no. investment front, just like anything else. Like, you know, talking about investing into ads, like I'm not going to make that money back eventually or, or um, immediately. I'm going to make it back yeah. eventually. Same with the course. Like it's going to cost me a fair
1: amount in the hole just to launch the first one. Yeah, and uh, you, you might know. spend one hundred and twenty hours of your own time building it too. You know? Right, exactly. It's so, suck to have to undo it all just to redo it yeah. on like another, another site. Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's uh, it's definitely a considerable amount of work, and does isn't even take into account actually filming and editing and putting together the yeah. course.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's almost the easiest yeah. part of the course because, like, yeah. uh, that's probably what was the quickest for me and and mine, just because it's you're just sharing what you already know. You know, right. like, I mean, I, I brought like a, I didn't script anything. I just mm-hmm. like wrote like a bunch of bullet points. Like, I'm going to talk about this topic for video, this topic for video, this topic for video. So it was a yeah. piece of cake. I mean, aside from editing the videos and exporting them, shooting the video is like the easiest thing. And ironically, that's also the only thing that people care about. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. well, they yeah.
0: don't, they don't, they care about the other things when it goes yeah. wrong. And it right. doesn't, you yeah. like. Yeah. The point of the other things is to disappear. The user experience should be super easy. Yeah. And that's that, like, that is really important to me. I don't want there to be any friction. And I also don't, one of the things I've avoided as well is like taking on too many other platforms. I used to do that a lot. Then I found that like both my attention and other people's attention was fragmented. Where, where do you find me? Where do you talk to me? Um, and so that, I, don't, I want to eliminate that. I don't want to do a thousand different things just because they're available. Um, right. So, so I want to centralize it, basically.
1: That makes I sense. Yeah. Because that, as we mentioned before, your uh, Instagram DMs are, are bumping.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Actually, <laughs> you know, I my follower count isn't like crazy. And so when I tell somebody who thinks that's the metric, hey, okay, man. This is pretty full
1: all the time. Like, really? Like, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah. So everyone that's watching, all 67 of you, you're gonna go to Instagram right now. You're gonna t- search for a Tom Dupree three, and you're gonna send him a DM, <laughs> 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 asking him the most de- the deepest Facebook ad Please question you can think of. Please do it. I will get back to you within <laughs> the month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just to flood it even further. i mean honestly instagram for me at this point is basically another email
1: yeah i i gave up like two months ago and i I feel like a dick but i also at this point it's like i've left people hanging for so long it's almost weird to reply at this point (laughs) because (laughs) some of the questions were time sensitive i I looked through them i'm like oh man i can't reply to this now (laughs) uh,
0: and when that happens to me i'm like i'm usually like hey sorry, I didn't get to you in time. Thanks for being patient. Uh, I'm glad you got it solved, or I hope you yeah. got it solved. Did you get it solved? Or, you know, just kind of jumping where they are. Um, but I think, you know, one of the reasons I, I want to, <clears throat> to put together a community and put together a course and, you know, these other things outside of kind of the social media platforms is that I want to be able to reply to every single one of those DMs and every single comment and say, hey, look, if you have questions, I hope you'll come join us here at communitytonapreethe I am on there every day and a, a bunch of other people are on there every day too. So yeah. if I'm not present and available at the moment you need help, odds are somebody else
1: will be there who can help you. So even if it's not yeah. me, you're going to get the help you're looking for. And this is a good place to do that. I will say that there, there is a nice thing about having your community on Facebook It's that people are already hanging out there.
0: Yeah.
1: And groups on Facebook, like, they're like what pages were a while while back. Where, like, if someone writes in a group, it's like it'll get to everyone that's in the group pretty well. Um, And that's, you know, because I I have a forum on my website. And there's, like, a whole music marketing section. And there's probably just as many people in that as my course, I think. There might be more. I mean, because it's free to join my forum, you know. Um, But... People are only on my forum if they're on my forum. Right. They have to make a conscious decision to go log in, read a topic, make a post. Whereas Facebook, they're just already hanging out. You know. I wonder if you would get
0: similar engagement because you know almost everybody's on mobile these days. Like, when's the last time you check Facebook on your computer, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, for, <laughs> for me today, but for average people, but <laughs> for the average yeah. person, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if you if you might not get a similar amount of like connectivity through an app like telegram or uh, discord uh you know something yeah.
1: that send a notification to discord somebody. would be a great option the yeah. the only reason i didn't do that is because the search functionality sucks in discord okay. like facebook you can you can make um what they call them uh they're not like they're not they're like guides you can like pin post as like guides you can make like guide one guide two guide three you can make yeah. a frequently asked questions you can yeah. um tag post is like useful for certain things whereas on discord like it's kind of just it's like it's more like a aim in a way yeah. <laughs> like aol instant messenger from back then. Yeah. it's just yeah. like a big thread of chat that you can search but it's like it's not organized in any way and yeah um but it's something that I hadn't thought about that consideration yeah. to take in. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, like, let's say you have a course with, you know, the, at first it's going to be like you and 20 people. Yeah. And people might log in regularly for the first few weeks. But mm-hmm. after that initial phase, they're probably not going to log into your site. But Facebook, like, I have people who purchase my initial, like, first 20 seats that mm-hmm. still reply to, like, every people's questions. Like, yeah, there's people in my course that are, like incredibly helpful like way more than they than like anyone almost should be like they're fantastic people they help everyone with everything and i don't if if i if my site wasn't on facebook like it'd be inconvenient for them you know so that's that's why i did it and every so often someone complains about it being on facebook because they're like i don't i don't use facebook and and my argument is like this is a course about facebook ads (laughs) (laughs) you literally have to use facebook yeah. to to do the stuff in this course. Yeah. So that's the other reason why I decided on using Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. But um, I've thought about it too, leaving, because I, I hate that I don't own it, that Facebook at any time can just throttle the reach in the group and I, you know, might just... That's die.
0: what I want to avoid. I really would... I, I want it to be, you know, I've, I've talked to a few people on WhatsApp Um, as well you know outside of instagram dms and that kind of just like engagement through there feels like i'm texting but i know it's a little more than that and that feels really cool and so i'd like to have that which which site did you say whatsapp oh oh yeah right yeah so i'd like i'd like to kind of but i don't want to use whatsapp because i don't own it it's it's on facebook um, right, right. You could use, like, Slack. That's probably the... Yeah. So I think Slack and Discord are comparable in many ways. Uh, they are, I yeah. use Telegram, but I've heard Telegram's really cool. And the only problem with Circle is I think they don't have an app yet. I may be mistaken. Hmm. So I'd like to have something with an app. Mighty Networks has an app, though, which
1: is I do. Good. Yeah, I, I took a, a YouTuber course last year. Yeah. Um, And they did it through Mighty Networks. It was really cool because you can like what they did after it is like it was like a 12 week course or 10 week course. And you were in this like dedicated thing separated from the general community where you could like really get one on one help with a small team. But then you could also branch out and go to this bigger community. And then once the course ended, if you wanted to, you could opt to like continue paying like a small fee monthly to stay in this thing and keep tabs and everything. And it was like really just clever you know, like how it all worked. Um, that sounds cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, so we were doing comments, and we, <laughs> that was like the world's longest reply to a comment. <laughs> you just got on a massive tangent. Yeah. <laughs> um, A-F- AFAKI digital, afaki digital. What if I don't run conversions? Um, run conversions. However, you can use landing page views. Yes. As an alternative with something like URL Genius, or you could um, set up a landing page in a clever way where a landing page view only fires after they click the button. You That's know, like, know. Let, let's say you use, um, use Tone Den. Let's say you don't have a custom domain. You can't mm-hmm. do conversions for whatever reason. You use Tone Den. You don't do a custom domain. You don't install your pixel on Tone Den, but instead of putting a Spotify link in a Spotify button, you put in a URL genius link or a, um, sh- sh- uh, what's the phrase? Pixel company? me. Pixel me, Use a, yeah, like a pixel me or URL genius link. And then it'll fire a landing page view only after they click the button. And then you can make a conversion campaign, but it's not a conversion campaign, which also means no iOS 14 restrictions, no custom domain, no any of that jazz. And also, uh, so, that's the fix. Um, Arguably a, a much easier way to go about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I don't know if there's any downside. I mean, like, it's good having custom domain. I've definitely noticed my my click-through rate on some of my landing pages is like 90% now after doing, using a custom domain. Before, it would always be around like 40 or 50. Yeah. Now it's like 80 or 90, which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Um, but it's a big, big as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the fix, AF, Afaki Digital. Uh, let's see. Do you have the you, you have the chat open too? I do. Alstar.
0: Alstar's <laughs> always in my lives throwing the dab. <laughs> oh yeah, Tom. It's been a while, brother. Let's give it a dab. <laughs> dab, dab, dab. <laughs> he, always, he always jumps in,
1: comes in hot with the dab. <laughs> uh, Yokai Beats. What's the best ad strategy for the first single release? With video for female artist, mainstream pop, no fan base yet. What do you think? Well, I think um, if it's me, I would start.
0: I would not try to throw everything at the wall with a release campaign, $50, $100 a day. I would start small or at $10 a day and just send traffic to your profile. There's no downside to sending it to your profile. Uh, if you have only one song. So right. I would in traffic to your profile and just focus on growing followers, getting as many streams as you can, getting as much data as you can do that for like a month. And then if you want to try to bump the budget up, you've got some good data, then you can try to, you know, do something more and maybe you get discover weekly, you'll probably miss release radar, but that's okay for the first one.